Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Eyes Wide Open podcast. This podcast is led by me, Anne Hambly at First Service Solutions. And today I'm very pleased to have with me Douglas Scott. Hello, Anne. <laughs> Douglas is head of our workout team and started with us right during COVID. I think it was yeah. April of 2020. It we, was April of 2020. We needed good talent. Hair on we, fire. Yeah, we, <laughs> we snatched Douglas and um, haven't let him go since. I'm and so happy. happy to join y'all. This has been a uh, great experience for my um, expanding my knowledge of this part of commercial real estate yeah. that I had been exposed to, but did not know the uh, the devil in the details. And now yeah. I know a lot more about it. It's real different when you, and I saw your background, you know, you've, you've got a really impressive career, 20 plus years of Just overseeing private and institutional uh, investor portfolios, and mm-hmm. it looked like primarily retail and offices, yeah. right? Yeah. But when you're on, and I was always on the lender side, right. I thought I understood what it felt like for an owner. You were on, a lot of times, some of the owner side. Exactly. But brokerage exactly. side and so on. Yeah, but exactly. It is real different sitting here and actually being on the owner side, huh? Yeah, it's no. on, Yeah, we represent owners, and that's, um, uh, but we understand the lender side. And what their objectives are. Yeah, but yeah. but seeing both sides of, of that is uh, where we plan. Yeah, that's, that's the area we plan. Nothing nothing solidifies it more than seeing it firsthand. That's yeah. you know. So when you first sit here in this seat, right, representing exactly. owner, it's real different. Exactly. I want to focus today, given your background and stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to focus today on retail. Yes. Um, you know, and every time I talk about there's retail, hospitality, office, mm-hmm. you know, blah, 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 right? We tend to put them in categories like that, retail. Right. But there's a lot of different categories of retail. And I'd, I'd love it if you could just spend a minute kind of explain, tell me what those categories are. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, you know, the largest retail properties, of course, are malls, enclosed malls. Um, a uh, middle... Uh, size and, and uh, uh, deal size is a would be a power center, typically. That would include big box retailers like um, Academy Sports, uh, Best Buy, Best Buy, like exactly, okay. yeah. exactly. Right. And then um, grocery anchored centers, uh, which are sometimes called neighborhood centers, but they're you know everyday needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's usually you, got the nails and the dry cleaners yeah, and the, yeah, you know, exactly. maybe, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then you've got just the simple two, three store strip centers. And then there's also just single tenant, um, you know, quick service restaurants or, or and maybe a single tenant uh, CVS store. Okay. For example. So it yeah. runs from super large all the way down just to a single little tenant. And, we, and it's important that we do to stop occasionally and distinguish between those categories mm-hmm. because when we say retail being affected by COVID, well, Good point. shopping, I mean, a grocery anchored probably wasn't affected as much as a mall, right? Correct. So let's maybe focus for a minute on malls because mm-hmm. malls are probably the, uh, Lots you know, of stress. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's the right way to yes. word it. So how, I think we all know, but how, let's pre-COVID, pre-COVID, yeah. what was happening to malls? Well, they were changing. They were evolving. Um, with anchors, uh, whether it be Sears, uh, Macy's, um, J.C. Penney's, um, some of these stores were uh, on their last leg, um, going to eventually close 
for good. Mm-hmm. Some were changing their, trying to change their plan, moving from the mall as an anchor tenant to a take a large anchor tenant space in a power center. For example, Jay Z Penney's was doing that. Mm. Um, but they were trying to evolve uh, as best as they could. Um, it's just so much square footage, and then the cascading effect of when anchors go dark with a mall, all of your shop tenants in that mall suffer. That's the same thing with other shopping centers and retail properties where you've got the the, the shop tenants depend on these anchors. Yeah. And when they're not there or they're not doing well, the other tenants in the property don't do well because they depend on that cross traffic. Right, okay. And so those, those uh, big anchor tenants were struggling because of I always say like sort of the Amazon effect, right? We did our shopping there habits a, changed. Or? Shopping habits yeah. changed. Um, uh, a um, inability, unwillingness, or or uh, or the like uh, to adapt to uh, changing consumer uh, methods of of getting goods, yeah. whether that be online or some type of uh, omni-channel, which is defined as, you know. Uh, we will drop your goods at your house. We will meet you in the parking lot. We'll, uh, uh, you can come into the store. You can exchange for free in the store. Anyway, all the different methods that could have been adapted or online presence. Yeah. So it's, it's a combination of, of bricks and mortar and online. Wherever the customer wants to be to acquire, your, uh, to buy that you have an available storefront for mm. them, whether it's digital or otherwise. I used to say, and, and to me, like, and I think of it as, my mom, who's in her 80s, mm. when she, maybe not so much today, but just even pre-COVID, five mm-hmm. years ago, if she wanted to buy a new dress, as an mm-hmm. example, she would first go to a mall, mm-hmm. walk around, you know, mm-hmm. till she found what she wanted, right? Maybe go to another mall mm-hmm. or three places, right? My generation, I would do, pre-COVID, it was about 50-50. I yeah. would occasionally go to a store, but I, I, I occasionally bought online. My kids only buy online they probably never would think to go to a mall unless you're going there to play a a game that exists in the mall but not you know so it's generational so we were already going through all that pre-covid that's true exactly so they were working to adapt to it Mm -hmm. some some were doing a good job at it in in adapting faster others example Mm -hmm. sears were not able to adapt to it fast Mm -hmm. enough and then And, and in that irrespective of covid Right. It was just it was going to be ones where they were just not going to be able to get that yeah. presence. So let's skip COVID for a minute mm-hmm. on on malls, mm-hmm. and let's say where do you envision malls going in the in the future? Um, there, you know, the idea, and there have been examples. Can't name any at the time, but or at the moment, but where they've converted some of these anchor spaces to other uses. Um, some have been torn down, turned into multifamily hotels. Uh, some have been uh, repurposed to um, uh, last mile distribution. Um, you've got to go through the hoops of getting uh, zoning changes and things like that, and then buy in from the other tenants that they're okay with that type of use for that space. But but so repurposing or, or redeveloping, um, uh, it could be a repurpose into a non-store type of use, like a entertainment type use, mm-hmm. whether that be a uh, main event or, or um, 
you know, a um, bounce house type of yeah, use or yeah. trampoline park thing. Indoor golf, I think. Indoor, I've seen all yes, those. yeah, yeah, yeah. Escape yeah. rooms, I mean, yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so that, that um, some malls will just go away. They'll yeah. be torn down and completely redeveloped. We've seen some of those in Dallas Fort Worth already. Yeah. Um, and some good it, malls, pristine malls, will probably we'll just stay continue there. To, they'll yeah. continue to, to evolve, right. and they'll be continue to be solid. But but the change in the whole dynamic of retail, of malls, yes. sorry, I'm going back to yeah. that, of malls, was happening pre-COVID. Yes. It's going to change. 2032, we're not going to see all the same malls we see today mm -hmm. with all the same tenants. No. And COVID, I think we all concluded, COVID just accelerated. Accelerated. It, right? And it accelerated it for all retailers in all yeah. property types yeah and this from the standpoint and and i've made the the case uh, and affirmed it and we've all kind of probably seen it is that the though it forced retailers to adapt very quickly and basically become able to provide their goods to customers in all the ways that customers want to get those goods quicker than they were planning to. Yeah. They had to to survive. Right. And the ones that couldn't quickly do it just had to, you know, close their doors. Perfectly. And some of them, I, I'm amazed at some of the big, uh, you know, uh, Walmart and Target and things like that even have adapted and do same day delivery. Exactly. And they're almost competitive with Amazon. Exactly. You, you know, right? Exactly. And, that's and, what, it, yeah. and so for the industry as retailers, um, as painful as it was, it, it really forced them to quickly adapt, show that they could adapt, and now they're stronger for it. Yes, okay. Or not. Or, but, or not. Or yeah, they're, or they're yeah, done, yeah. which yeah. is fine, too, because right. it clears out some of the shape. Right, okay. Um, and so, yeah, generally malls. malls are ones that are still in a painful, painful phase right. for the majority of them. Okay, now, so the recession, I mean, when you think about what will the recession do to malls, I mean, it, it's just a, a more, another shakeup. To me, it's almost, it in my opinion, it's almost like if you had a distressed mall, a dying mall, COVID hits, you know, just accelerate it. Now a recession, if when the recession hits, it'll be like another earthquake or aftershock, and it's just going to cause some additional stress. But it's already, it's not going to drastically change the outcome. It's I just don't making think so. it accelerate. Yeah, I, I, th I think, I think, um, if consumers aren't buying products or they're reducing their consumption, the sales, it will result in fewer sales. There could be stores that they can't pay the rent that they were, that they are obligated to pay it through the lease. Yeah. So for the stores that want to remain, they will go to their landlords and ask for some type of, of uh, restructuring of their lease, of their lease terms, with the hope that in the future it will return which it will return if they can survive for yeah. that period of time. Yeah. Um, okay, now let's shift. And that's very general for retail in general. Okay, and so yeah. let's shift gears now and let's do another one that's... Uh, power centers, for example. Okay, we can do power okay. centers next, yeah. Um, that's It's a difficult category. Because um, it's all or nothing, right? It's one big... You've, yeah. got, you've got maybe four anchor stores. You've got a, a Total Wine, you've got a Best Buy, you've got a Toys R Us. Oh, yeah. Okay, pre-COVID. Um, and you've got a, um, uh, a Dick Sporting Goods. Mm -hmm. so great categories uh, uh, of these products. You've got Toys R Us filed bankruptcy, moved out, 
what do you do with that space? It's 50,000 square feet, for example. Mm-hmm. I, I can't recall what their, their typical prototype was. But what do you do with that space? And how many tenants are going to fill that space up? Right. Or how many prospects do you have for that space? So that space could remain vacant for a long time. Could you subdivide that space into two? Yeah, you could, but they're going to be long bowling. They could be long bowling alleys, and it's expensive to put a demising wall in there. And um, but it could remain vacant for a long time, and kind of an eyesore for the property. Yeah. And it it won't necessarily drag down your other three anchor tenants, but it could. Mm-hmm. It could. It's just an eyesore, and it it definitely impacts your your cash flow. From yeah. an ownership yeah. standpoint, do those kind of I don't I don't know the answer. Do those, so those kind of stores, uh, in the in the power centers like that, the other three remaining larger tenants, as an example, do they have co-tenancy clauses in there, or uh, typically, yeah, a lot of times they will. They yeah, yeah. So if I'm here because Best Buy's here, for example, yeah, yeah. And if Best Buy, or I'm here because Toys R Us is here, and if they're gone, my rent reduces to X, yeah, or it goes to a percentage of sales. Um, that does happen, right. yeah. Okay. So again, you lose your your Toys R Us and the cash flow from that, and you potentially get a reduction in, in your cash flow from one or more other anchor tenants. Right. So it's very symbiotic in that shopping center, okay. where they all work together in in a lot of cases. And and fast forward, so we COVID, we know what happened. They temporarily had they had almost the same thing happen that malls did really yeah. right they they either were going to survive or not yeah they had to adapt some did, some um did. they um they had to renegotiate their rent for a period of time for a short period of time um with uh basically forbearance on their on their rental on mm-hmm. their uh, 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 rental expense um that they have come out of that just fine um and they're back, uh, back, you know, to good. Now, um, for those spaces that remain vacant, for example, Toys R Us, they've had to be retenanted. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive. Um, there's not many tenants that are 50,000. There's very few yeah. 50,000 square footers out there looking to take new spaces. Um, there's not many 25,000 square footers. Mm-hmm. So you're, I mean... We, you're, we, you're, 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 you might have, as an owner, you're going to have to get creative to backfill those spaces. We have one right here on South Lake Boulevard. We, for those that are listening, we're in Grapevine, and mm-hmm. South Lake is a, a city where I live, and it's right next door. And on South Lake Boulevard, there's one that's, you know, uh, home, uh, no, it's Home Goods mm-hmm. and um, Office Depot. Mm-hmm. and so, But anyway, it had a Toys R Us. Toys R Us left, of course, and there has been about four different tenants in that, that one have space it. have gone yeah. through it. They go in for it, and it's not like Halloween. They're not seasonal. Yeah, it's not Halloween store. Right. They go in, and they stay there for about a year, and then they go out, and then another one comes in, and they go out, and another one comes in. So I've seen how just firsthand on in a really good area where it's still tough to find a replacement tenant. A replacement that. tenant yeah. that's, gonna, that's got some viability. It's yeah. Gonna, and, and, you, and you believe in their, in their, in their business plan. Yeah. Uh, 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 for that location, but also corporately. Yeah. And then, from the owner's standpoint, they they have to get the approval of their lender to get to bring that yeah. tenant in there. And that's where we come into play. That's obviously. right. And that's it's helped negotiate that yeah. consent and what the terms of that consent. Or are. if or if the owner is getting a request from their tenant to give them concession, yeah, we can actually help get the owner concession on their loan payment. That's going to have to connect all those. That's so, correct. Okay, That's let's correct. go to another. Um, I'm envisioning, and I don't know if I know this for a fact, but I'm envisioning that when you have a grocery-anchored retail, it's it's a little it, different. It's really, the, it, it's been the darling for a long time of the industry. 
Um, because uh, we always need to eat. It's a daily. It's a daily need. But but how is it going to? How does it change going forward? So yeah. in, in in Dallas Fort Worth, yeah. um, it's super competitive, and a lot of markets are this way for grocers. Um, you've got Walmart. You've got um, um, uh, uh, you know the Albertsons. Kroger, Tom Thumb. Tom Thumb, yeah. yeah. The, and then you the got big, the, the big boys. And, you and you've the, got you've got the Texas based one like H E B. Yeah. That scares everyone to death because of uh, they're private, so no one knows what they're really doing. Mm-hmm. Um and, and they're uh is effectively employee owned, so they're they don't have any yeah. outside part you know, pr- private equity partner that's kind of pulling their strings. Um and, and Amazon is a competitor as well from the mm-hmm. standpoint of their deli- their ability to deliver groceries. Not only that, but also their ownership of mm-hmm. Whole Foods. But in any case, it's a very competitive landscape. And your grocery anchor, um, as strong as that is for the shopping center, uh, they may not be the strongest grocer. It, to have a grocery as your anchor tenant is not necessarily uh, a silver bullet. Because they could be struggling in that particular market. They may have the lowest sales in that market, that particular grocery chain or that particular store. So for, from a corporate standpoint, that grocer may say, this store is just, not performing well enough. Yeah. We're, we're going to close it down. And that closes, and the entire shopping center suffers. And what do you do for, yeah. to backfill that? But generally, it's uh, pre-COVID, through COVID, and then post-COVID very stable product type. how does the do you know uh how does the delivery you know i i, I find my habits have mm-hmm. changed in a horrible way after covid i, I if i can get it delivered to me mm-hmm. um and come to me hands down that's what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. i never go to the grocery store anymore yeah. i used to always but how does that affect the brick and mortar shopping center in the long run well they think, still or... have to have the store there for the goods and true these are all perishable oh, okay. not, not, not all perishable but a lot of them are perishable so it's a place it's it acts as, for that purposes of delivery. distribution center it's a distribution center oh. if nothing else good point and and you know the the when we go to the grocery store we're there basically at the same time we're picking a vegetable out one of the store employees is picking a vegetable out for a cart yeah okay. for delivery or for for you know parking lot you know pickup so, um, it, or Instacart, you know, so all these different people pulling these, these products off the shelf at the same time. But yeah, it just ends up being a distribution. Um, so, um, I didn't, you know, I never really thought about it that way because I yeah. was actually thinking in a way, and I don't know why I didn't think of that, that yeah. the, uh, if I order online, that it sort of hurts the stores. I wonder how the recession, so like in, in South Lake, I know one of the, well, I'll, I'll just say for myself, so, no recession. I love Central Market, one yes. of HEB stores, right? They're, um, I think they are, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They are great. Of course, you're going to pay a little bit extra for some things, but top of the line, I love it, love mm-hmm. it, right? Their food's mm-hmm. always the so experience. good. Mm-hmm. But I find, okay, but now, you know, with the recession coming and you start thinking about how much you're paying for groceries, yeah. you might opt not to go to Central Market and you might instead go to Tom Thumb or... Trader all Joe's these or some or of the, the yeah you know yeah, exactly um, Walmart are people do you think people will do that generally and that yeah I believe them? yes yeah. I believe so mm-hmm. and um, which which is you know fine um, 
the grocers can adapt very quickly. Um, they're used to very small margins. Um, that's just the nature of that business. Yeah. Um, they, well, even Walmart uh, knows that they can charge uh, probably, not probably, but they will charge a lot more for certain products in their store that then even a Tom Thumb charges. Uh, I can provide examples, but there's some spices. Yeah. Some, yeah. We've, we've compared, my wife and I have a comparison shop with spices between Walmart and Tom Thumb. And it's amazing how much they can get away with charging at Walmart when they're thought of as being the discount grocer. Is that because people, because you think you're at Walmart? I yeah, mean, it's, it's going to be it's the right. Be, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm a really so, bad shopper because I, I go in and I get what I want, need. What, yeah. Either both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I don't stop and look like, you know, there's two sitting there and probably one's half the price of the other and I don't actually look at it. Sometimes yeah. I just pick up what I need and, yeah. you know, move yeah. on. I, um, it, I, mean, I think we, we tend to do that at Walmart, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Small. I mean, it's supposed yeah. to all be discounted. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but, I, mm. but I think in general, um, the recession and consumer expenditures for groceries, there will be an effect um, I think the effect will be more, I believe, will be more more uh, upon other types of expenditures. Yeah. That I, th- I think that grocery shopping is, is just one of the things that it's almost you must have. I agree. To a certain point. Yeah, yeah, we do, right. And, and, it, and if, 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 for example, Central Market felt a fall off in their, in their store sales, either they adapt or they just they bear it, you know, weather it, until uh, the economy strengthens. Yeah. So. Um, so coming back to the whole category of retail, yeah. I always think, um, I try to think if you have a, a maturing, let's take, take malls and, and um, power centers and things like that. So mm-hmm. take grocery anchored out of it for mm-hmm. a minute. And you think you have a retail loan maturing in 2023. Okay? Oh, yeah. And you're starting to think about, okay, now I need a lender that can take out my loan and give me hopefully a 10-year loan, which mm-hmm. means I'd be refinancing again in 2033. Mm-hmm. That feels like the Jetsons. Did you hear that the other day actually was the day that George Jetson was born in the in the, in the cartoon? <laughs> so he was born on like July 31st, 2022 in that movie, you know, in that show. I know. Anyway, I that's funny. I want my flying car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But to me, I think of 2033, and it sounds like the Jetsons, right? Yeah. So what the heck will it look like? How am I, as a lender, going to make a 10-year loan on retail with all the changes coming up for the next, that won't, that'll have to get refinanced in 2033? You don't know the answer to that. I, if you did, you wouldn't. You'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be the richest um, guy on the planet. But it's an interesting thing to ponder, it's a, right? It's, it's, no, you have to think about that. Yeah. As an owner and as a lender. Yes. You know, you, when you're buying a property, uh, you are you're you have to anticipate what the landscape will look like over the life of your ownership. Yeah. And the lender does the same thing over the life of their ownership of their asset, which is the loan, and um, anticipate what could happen with your spaces and with your tenants. Um, you can't predict. You can't necessarily. You can't be a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. You have some ideas. Like if this bookstore, um, if they fail nationally, um, what can I replace that tenant with? What can I replace, put in that space? Mm-hmm. What's it going to cost me? And what kind of rent are they going? Uh, would they pay? Right. And that can be accretive to value, mm-hmm. 
and make the loan more stable, or it can, you know, so you've got to build in those those yeah. risks, um, and, and that's just that's part of the the science of it. Yeah, it, it's it's going to absolutely be a challenge and an interesting one. Well, yeah. we could talk forever, I yeah. think, about I mean, it's, it's a, all the it's dynamics. It's a fun category. Yeah, it is, it, of the of the food groups of, of, of real estate, it's it's extremely creative. Um, it's yeah. very dynamic. It's always changing. And we're just talking about the U.S. Not talking yeah. about Europe and this completely different retail market. Yeah. So clarify. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's extremely interesting, and, and there's a lot of very, very smart owners, uh, brokers, and retailers in that in that space that are constantly talking about what we're talking about right here. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I appreciate your insight. It was really helpful. We yeah. hardly ever get a chance to sit and talk up and ponder about yeah, things like yeah, this. Yeah, so happy to. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate your insight. And thanks again for joining, Thank you. joining the podcast. Thank you.